to Quest Friends. I am Kyle, your GM, and today I am joined for a very special episode by the cast of The Amber Clave. Uh, so before I explain what we're doing, I'm going to first explain who we are. Uh, and before we continue, this episode is we're going under the assumption that you have either listened to Quest Friends or The Amber Clave. If you're not used to our show or used to like Numenera, the podcast in general, probably isn't a great place to start. I would recommend either waiting a few weeks for Crime and Courtship Part 1 or jumping back to Ellie's Memory Part 1, which will be a few episodes before this. And then come here. Still come back here. We're just not going to explain how things work and it might get a bit confusing. So again, my name is Kyle. I am he, him. I am the GM, the Game Master of Quest Friends, and we are joined by the players of another Numenera podcast, The Amber Clave. Uh, so if everyone could introduce themselves, I'm I'm not going to... You can pick or I will start selecting on you like a teacher at class. All right, I can go first. Hello, this is Acer, and I play Corshin Lambro. Wait, hang on. I always have trouble with this. Impulsive, stealthy glint who devotes everything to the cause. Uh, my character and I both use he, him pronouns, and he is a person who decided that slavery was not for him and uh, has, uh, in the course of uh, rectifying that unfortunate situation, uh, caused himself to be the subject of a very large bounty from uh, very many slave-holding organizations. All right, let me just add 50 new enemies with that new backstory in mind. You know, that's never come up in our game, or has it? I don't think it has. Uh, it actually hasn't, although I did say that our uh, my room in um, at the... Uh, uh, Clade is decorated with uh, wanted posters of myself. I do remember that, I remember but that. we haven't seen any anyone seeking a bounty. I, I'm very happy whenever I see the bounty <laughs> has gone up. I really irritated someone last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So that's Corshin. Who are our other two companions for today? Hi, I guess I'll go next. Hi, I'm Shauna. <laughs> I play Jasmine Gray who is a resourceful, ultra-terrestrial seeker who hunts with great skill. Although I do commonly say that she does not hunt with a lot of skill. <laughs> but that might be my own personal problem. Uh, Jessamy and I both use she-her pronouns. Jessamy has the uh, stereotypical fun adventurer look. Half of her head is shaved, the other half is braids, of course. A lot of her things are purple. Once again, a lot of <laughs> overflow of... of Shauna into Jessamy. <laughs> Jessamy doesn't have great luck. Uh, she actually is bad at noticing what's going on around her. Uh, and this may be because she is an ultra-terrestrial. She's actually not originally from this plane, but she got dragged back to this plane when she was uh, part of some adventure with the other characters. So they ended up dragging her to where they are now. So within our alternate universe... You're from an alternate universe in our alternate universe. Yeah! <laughs> How deep does it go? All right. Uh, I'm Landon, and I play Mako, who is a perceptive mutant nano who wears a sheen of ice. And both my character and I use he, him pronouns. Uh, as far as looks, uh, Mako's, yeah, he's basically kind of a shark man. Kind of grayish in color, kind of have the, uh, if I remember right from biology, the cryptic coloration of uh, his back part is more of a darker silver, whereas his underside's more of a 
whitish in color. So if you were swimming in water, if you're looking up from the depths, he would blend in with the light and you wouldn't really see him. And if you were looking uh, down below on him, if you're above him in the water column, you wouldn't really notice him swimming around. Uh, and he has uh, silverish color eyes. He's hairless. Uh, that's pretty much Mako. <laughs> yeah. And then, so these are us. This is our characters. So, as I said, the Amberclave is a podcast that stars these three adventurers um, and their GM. That's not me. Uh, as they go off on a series of adventures all across the ninth world. And we are not playing those characters today, but we are. But we aren't. Uh, essentially, what we are doing is we are doing a what if scenario. We are taking those characters from the Amberclave and we're plugging them into our Quest Friends universe. And similarly, uh, in the Amberclave, we're taking the Quest Friends characters and we're plugging them in the Amberclave universe. We're just going to see what happens and what gets burned to the ground because that tends to be how these things end. So we're just going to get straight into the adventure. I will give us an exposition dump uh, starting now. Mako. The loose dust of Charmande's hillside scratches around your ankles as you stare out on a city that casts such a large shadow it covers itself. In front of you lies the Forlorn District, one of the five distinct locations in this city that loves its inane categorizations. The other four districts are built into the open-air tunnels of a hill split in two. It looks a lot like an anthill, with the a very, very big anthill with the city citizens scurrying from one collection of pathways to the next. You are in the Crocus District, a flower-like patch of pathways that hosts Charmande's food. But your mind is miles away, off off in the land we call the Exposition World. So, here is, here's the deal. You are all members of the Amber Clave. The Amber Clave is an organization underneath the Amber Pope, really like Amber, that seeks to defend the Ninth World from extraterrestrial and ultra-terrestrial threats. Essentially, weird stuff. Um, it's been 100 years since the Amber Pope and the Order of Truth dissolved. They used to be basically the Science Catholic Church with large control over everything. It's been 100 years since that really isn't the case anymore, and the Amber Clave is a lot scrappier than it used to be. It's a lot smaller. It used to have very distinct organizations. At this point, it's like 12 of you in a moderately sized house, and you're all split into different uh, knots or squads. Uh, so the three of you, Mako, Corshin, and Jessamine, are all part of your own knot. Now, as I said, things are pretty scrappy right now. The nicest thing you all own is the mesh, and the mesh is an earplug with a net-like covering that covers the whole side of your ear. Supposedly, back in the past when everything was good and they had a relay, uh, this was used for mental communication. It has not been that way for decades. For, so far as we know, the mesh is functionally worthless, but I mean, it looks nice. It's the nicest thing you got. It's like wearing a nice suit when it's the only thing you got. You just got to look nice when you're when you're off doing your adventuring. Uh, and because you're in kind of in a scrappy, not a great situation, you've been taking jobs that aren't necessarily the ideal pinnacle of virtue and truth that you always wanted. For example, you three have been hired by the Numenera and Robotics Megacorp Jetco. Just imagine Walmart and Amazon and the Mafia all rolled into one. That's Jetco. I think that third one was redundant. <laughs> I think, you know, give, give them a generation, they'll put the Mafia out of business. I mean, I, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> 
So, Jetco claims that one of its employees was a former member of an organization called uh, an organization called the Saracenians. The Saracenians is basically a gr- group that worships plants, carnivorous plants, flower photosynthesis plants. They love plants. And this former member of the Saracenians, uh, who now works at Jetco, has identified a rogue cell operating in Charmande. Jetco has recently done some renovations to one of the districts. They're currently working in there, and they don't want the Saracenians getting in their way. And it's particularly startling because the Saracenians have what is described as a super weapon, a very dangerous project called the Ploctopus. So your job is to go in, find this Ploctopus, and neutralize it. And as you're thinking about this, as your mind is, is deep in thought, I want you to roll speed or int defense. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> but early. I have questions. <laughs> That's a D8. I rolled the wrong dice. This is a good start. <laughs> Nat 20. Nat 20. Nat 20. Mako, your mind whips out of this, it just flashes out with the rest of us of this like exposition flashback. And you turn around and you see this piece of newspaper hurtling in the air towards your face. And you have the moment to react any way you want. You have a 20. It's like moving in slow motion towards your face. Uh, in that instance, uh, if it's a basically a newspaper coming at me, I think I'll basically just going to try to reach out and catch it before it like smacks me in the head. You catch this newspaper and it's it's in your hands. It looks really nice. It's like uh, like the paper boy where it's like rolled up really nice. It's just it's immaculate. It looks brand new uh, and it's it is part of the newspaper, which is called the Daily Domino. Uh, it's the daily newspaper of Charmande, and it comes from the district that Jetco is actually working at it, in. It comes from the Radiance District, which is j- basically a giant Rube Goldberg machine that creates and distributes this newspaper across the city. Once I have the paper, I'll probably try to unfurl it and just see if what the headlines say or anything like that. Yes. Mako in jail. The nefarious traitor has been caught and imprisoned. Well, that serves a headline and I'll show it to the others. Wait, Mako, aren't you supposed to be somewhere? I guess so, but apparently I'm here. Are there two of you? Uh, Last I checked, there's just me. There hasn't been any... uh, uh opportunity for someone to have cloned you mm, not that i can think of you don't have a twin named Mako. i don't i don't think i have a twin i don't remember having brothers before i lost my family oh i'm sorry we shouldn't have brought that up that's uh, in the past so after after thinking more about uh about your families and about the potential for someone having cloned you uh you turn around and you find yourself looking at the crocus district And by looking at, I mean smelling, because it is pungent. The Crocus District, again, is the open-air food market of Charmande. But because Charmande's rules are such, filled with such bureaucracy and such needless steps, convoluted steps, as put down by Queen Armalu, it typically takes, well, it takes food long enough to get approved that by the time it's approved for sale, it is very, very rough. Uh, So you have all these open-air stands, trying to like sell their food as best they can while also trying to hide their food at the same moment. Okay. Well, I, (laughs) the Saracenians, what do they eat? Do do they only eat? I'm assuming they don't eat plants, so they have to be carnivores, right? Give me a roll to see what you know about the Saracenians. 
I cannot believe this. I rolled another 20. You know how out of <laughs> out of my character this is. Alright. Um, yeah, I'll give you the answer to that and the answer to two other questions. The Saracenians, they some do eat meat, because you know the Saracenians really like carnivorous plants. So the Saracenians will eat and they will distribute meat. Um, they will eat things that come from plants, uh, but a lot of them don't need to eat at all. Okay. Okay. And you said I get to ask two more questions? You can also hold on to these. Okay. I will ask one question now, and then I will save the other one for later. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. So my question right now, as we're approaching this foul-smelling area, is, is there a secret underground fresh meat market? As you're thinking about that, like, man, I, I wonder if there's an underground market. You see a guy walking past you just with a big turkey leg and it looks good. It smells good. And he's just munching on this. Uh, it's actually kind of glimmering. It's shimmering in the sunlight. Uh, he kind of looks like he's not really thinking that much. He's just kind of walking without. Uh, he's just so absorbed in this food. This is probably the first piece of fresh food he's had in like years. Wow. That's <laughs> That's pretty brazen, just walking down the street with a fresh turkey leg, too. Yeah, so he's just, he's just walking. Okay. And, and he keeps walking, and now he's walking away. All right. You should talk to him or you can do something. Hey, 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 excuse me, excuse me. I just realized this is my cue. Excuse me, sir. Ah, <laughs> uh, ah, uh, oh. Um, hi, I was wondering if you could, I, I'm new here. I was just wondering if you could tell me where you got that. What? That turkey leg. It looks so good. What's the, tur what's the, what's the turkey? That, okay, the thing that's in your hand that you're chewing on, where did you get it? And he just starts walking again after a pause. Like he looks at you and seems to have no memory of this right. conversation as he takes another bite oh, and then okay. he keeps walking. That seems like bad news. Um, does he drop a receipt as he's leaving? <laughs> do you want that to be your third thing? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. He drops a receipt. <laughs> Receipts are still a thing. It is time for a, uh, a GM intrusion. So who do you want to give your other points to? Uh, I will give it to Landon since he's in jail. <laughs> <laughs> so you go down uh, and you reach this receipt and you pick it up. And as you go up, you find yourself facing this man with the world's largest frown that's mirroring his, like, frowning mustache and large uh, sideburns. He's wearing a, uh, a bright green, a very ugly bright green, like, shirt. And then he's wearing a vest that has two capsules that kind of look like pills on his shoulders. And he says, should have known they would have brought criminals here. And you look down and you see that the receipt is for the Anin stand in the Seski district, which is the black market, the officially sanctioned black market of Charmande. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, what did you mean? I'm not a criminal. I'm just trying to uh, keep the streets clean. Of course, keep them clean of all money, of all civility, of all pieces of normality and peace. Uh, of course you would have sent me on a mission like this. Uh, well, okay, well, there's a lot to unpack there, sir. Sir? I, first of all, civility. Let's 
Well, you know what? We'll come back to that mission. What mission are you on? Uh, uh, he doesn't respond. And he just kind of looks over at the web on the side of your ear. And he says, so they're making the Amber Claves still wear that? Uh, we choose to wear this. Thank you very much. Yes, I understand. That's what I'm told to say as well. <sighs> Hello, my name is Don. I am your officially sanctioned Gendarmi soldier, here to help you find the Ploctopus. It is my pleasure to work with you today. Oh, Don. The Amber Clave is a worthwhile organization, and you really should be more enthusiastic about an opportunity to collaborate in such a way, and I'm going to impart ideal. <laughs> yes! All right, tell me how Impart Ideal works. So basically what I can do is I can just talk to someone and create an ideal like this political party is better than the others or children should be seen, not heard. And they will believe that until someone they trust reminds them of what they actually think. Okay, cool. So then he will never, <laughs> Don doesn't trust anyone. Okay, yeah, give me, uh, do you normally have to roll to Impart that ideal? I'm going to put effort into it because seems like a good idea. Uh, I want good cooperation from our uh, local gendarmerie. And I rolled a 15 plus I'm trained in deception related abilities. Oh, so you're saying it's a lie to say that the Amberclave is worth working with? Yes. We're, we're obviously on the down and out. <laughs> Uh, and then I got, uh, and with effort, uh, it's a level seven in success. Before he responds, let me know, what, what do you do that really convinces Don? Because Don is not easy to convince. I tell him about our uh, excellent um, theoretical retirement plan, which is uh, in the old days, if you were to uh, die and you had a mesh implant, uh, they would have downloaded your consciousness back into another body and uh, sent you out again. So you would be free to... To uh, heroically confront the uh, the threats to humanity, uh, ultra terrestrial, extraterrestrial, what have you, because you would have the opportunity to do it again, and eventually, maybe you know, like retire. Uh, that's obviously not true anymore. That's where the lie part comes in. <laughs> he is just gonna look at you, and you're just gonna like. Sometimes when you just like hear like memories of like battles in the background, you just hear like memories of like mundane customers asking him. Oh, how do you do this? Oh, I want a refund. Like just asking for terrible, terrible things. He just says, yep, that sounds like how most organizations work. I understand why the queen wanted to work with you. Anyways, we're here about a ploctopus. Yep. What have you got? Well, from what I understood, you were the organization. You just convinced you just told me that your organization was amazing. I thought you would be the ones with the information. Ah, all right. Well, what are you working off of right now? We wouldn't want to uh, be at cross purposes. Well, from what I understand, the Saracen, Saracen, the, the organization, from what I can understand, might be the same folks who are causing people to forget the food that they are eating. Right. And that would be at that restaurant over there. And he just points to the far distance where presumably a restaurant <laughs> is. So halfway through his sentence, Jessamy lifts up the receipt like she has something valuable to contribute. And then as he finishes <laughs> his sentence, she just quietly like puts it into her pocket and keeps listening. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> 
Yeah, and then he just points in the distance. Well, it looks like we may need to make a reservation at that place. As long as we don't forget. Mm. This is not a joking matter. Apparently not. Please do not use humor. Yes, it's... Uh, You're right, Don. It's counterproductive. My apologies. That, that... And he just walks off in the direction <laughs> of the place. I sniffed on. All right, let's... Uh, Let's just follow behind him. You know, maybe if there's an ambush, <laughs> they'll shoot him first. I want to sniff him. I want to get get a good smell of him. Okay, give me a roll to smell Don. Have you ever had to deal with that there, Kyle? <laughs> no, I've had lots of things. I've had rats getting eaten. I've had lots of nudity, but no one has sniffed anyone. This is new for me. I got a three. <laughs> oh my God, you're very blatant. <laughs> I guess he's kind of hard to smell over the scent of the food. Yes, I will say that you cannot smell anything. And he does notice, but he's just accepted it at this point and he just keeps walking. <laughs> it's a smart move, Don. It's a smart move. <laughs> I feel bad for this guy. <laughs> I was going to say, don't worry, his life gets better, but that's, uh, that's up in the air. <laughs> So you uh, you make your way and you see people walking out with turkey legs with uh, and but they also walk out uh, out of this like hole in the wall with a lot of what you would call in the south. You would call a hat dag and what they call up in Navarine in the north, what they call the hot hound. I'm sorry. <laughs> hat dag? Hat dag. Okay. This is the lore we're working with. <laughs> At least we don't have a neen cheese, <laughs> which is horrifying in the context of our show. But do y'all have spider goat silk in y'all's world yet? Or Jimmy Buffett. We can now <laughs> if you want it. All right. So they're walking out. There's a lot of sub, a lot of sub sandwiches coming out of this place that you see a name on the side, a very minor uh, name. And they're all glittering and the sign is glittering as well uh, out of this very knotted, almost looking a lot. It, it It's a sign that's wooden, but it looks like it hasn't been harmed. Everything is seamlessly put together and it's flowers that form the name of this restaurant, the Submergine. You uh, make your way inside the restaurant, and it's very quiet. There are a lot of uh, a lot of people are just sitting there quietly eating their food. Typically, they'll eat it, and then after a few bites, we'll stand up and walk to the side. As you walk in here, you hear a yep, you hear a yelp, and if you look around, you can see potted plants, a couple of pot, uh, potted plants all around the uh, all around the shelves on the sides, some stairs in the back leading up. Again, adorned by so much plant life, and you've seen basically nothing in Charmant so far it's basically been a desert um the only pot that doesn't have anything is there's an empty pot at the bar um like but it looks like a pot for a potted plant and behind that you see uh the bartender who is a red-haired woman in bulging baggy overalls and her hair is tied to tied into a bud on the back of her head and as soon as you enter she looks at don and she says wait what are you doing back here Hello, welcome to the announcement break for What If, a special Quest Friends episode featuring the Amber Clave. My name is Kyle, I am your GM for today, and this is our little announcement break where I just talk me to you. You to me. Well, not you to me. I can't, I can't hear you. 
but I am going to talk to you, so really it's just the same as everything else. And what I want to talk to you about today is The Amber Clave. So The Amber Clave is a fellow Numenera podcast that takes place in the same world, the ninth world, that our show does. Although while our current season focuses more on the land, their first season takes place entirely in the ocean. It features the same protagonist as this bonus episode. It features similar shenanigans. Only difference is, is that the Amberclave is in a little bit better shape than it is here, and it has a different GM behind the wheel. If you've enjoyed hearing these characters go through their shenanigans at all, I really encourage you to check out theamberclave.com, uh, which you'll find a link to below. They're really good people. Their show is a lot of fun and showcases a very different way to interpret Numenera, which I think is just a really fun part about playing a role-playing system and kind of seeing the different ways people interpret them. Uh, and their show also has transcripts for the first two episodes for someone who wants to, you know, quickly read it or if you're hard of hearing or something like that. In addition, on today, today, right now, well, I can't guarantee right now, I don't know which of us is going to release it first. You know, we could be a few minutes apart, but today... They have a similar what-if scenario bonus episode on their end where Hop, Misha, Shock, and Ellie are thrown into the deep, dark, scary depths of the ocean as seen in the Amber Clave. So if you're enjoying this episode, check out the Amber Clave not only for more episodes starring these three goofballs in this episode, but also for a special bonus episode starring our regularly scheduled pack of four goofballs. But, you know, I can only speak so much about what their show is about, and they can really speak to it better. So, without further ado, here's a brief advertisement showcasing the Amberclave. A billion years from now, civilization has risen and fallen eight times, leaving the people of the Ninth World to make lives in the ruins of the technology whose secrets have long since been lost. Here, every turn may bring a strange new discovery, and what is familiar might be the greatest threat. The Amberclave seeks to learn, build, discover, and protect all Ninth Worlders. Join us at theamberclave.com. One last thing I gotta say, our intro and outro song are Friends and Hitoshio, both by Miracle of Sound. And while I normally say when you can find our next episode at the end of these, I should have the other episode either uploaded now or within 12 hours. So I'll see you again whenever you choose to start the next one. What did you do? I came here for an investigation. I left, I filed my report, and now I am back. You've clearly broken this woman's heart. <laughs> you scamp. Okay, no, um, okay, no, that's not what's going on here. And Don just looks even more dejected. He didn't want this, but now he's just sad he's been rejected so quickly. Anyways, Don, I, I would say it's great to see you again, but, you know, you really should, should go. I can get you some more food if you want. It's, no, we are here with the Amberclave. 
for... I was just supposed to bring them here, and he just motions for you to do your thing. As he sits, as he just sits down at the bar. <laughs> Not at the bar, he sits down at a table. I'm gonna do perception checks. I guess I'll leave that to the perceptive one in the group. I'm good at lying, that's what I do. And I do have, uh, part of my perceptive thing is I do have a skill that's called eye for details. Okay, does that just make it easier to see things? Yeah, like, it's generally thing anything that's like hidden, uh, hidden doors, stuff like that. Okay. Well, uh, I noticed nothing. That is a one. <laughs> okay, you... Everything looks on the level. You don't see anything suspicious here. Everything looks great. In fact, the only thing you notice is that as soon as Don sits down, he remembers his protocol and he stands back up again because uh, he is not allowed to sit while on the job. And the woman looks at you and she's like, oh, um, so we're uh, we don't answer. I'm not here to answer questions, but uh, if you want food, we've got some food, uh, some really delicious stuff here. I'll even offer it since, you know, you're working uh, with my friend Don, I'll offer it on the house. OK, a food on the house. I would assume since we're so scrappy, we uh have a hard time saying no to uh, food that's free. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm a little bit worried still because of the encounter with the man on the street. Is there anything I should worry about, you know, uh, allergies or adverse effects to, you know, anything on your menu? I will ask as I am trained in sensing deception. Okay. Uh, and she will say, uh, oh, no, 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 nothing with allergies. Well, and you see her kind of sit there for a second and she looks like she wants to say something. But she's like, no, nothing. Wait, you, you just kind of, there was a thing there. No, there wasn't, there's no thing, no thing. Uh, there was definitely a thing. Uh, no, there wasn't, there wasn't a thing. So do you Jessamy, uh, want, did you, did you notice a thing? I think so you want turkeys, you want hot hounds? And she takes, uh, and she's just making some food and she takes some seasoning and she starts pouring it on. We've got the best kind of food around. Um, Don't let anyone else know, of course. I want to make a, a roll to try to help portion out. I have a skill called imposing deductions. Okay. Where it's like, whenever he said the, the tick or whatever, I guess, uh, her hiccup in speech, like point that out to try to back him up to try to intimidate her and be like, yeah, there was a thing I didn't say. Okay. All right. And I've got Coke's information. All right. That is a 14. Okay. And then uh, Acer, give me a roll. All right. So the way Coke's information works is I talk to someone for a minute and I can get them to reveal information to me. Uh, and the best part is if I succeed, they either are unaware, they, convince, uh, they, uh, they tell me what I want to know, or or they don't think it's a big deal. And I'm going to go ahead and use that training and effort as, you know, I risk giving this person an aneurysm. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Surely, Are you going to kill her? There isn't anything... Uh, causing her to not want to talk to us like this. Uh, unfortunately, I rolled a one. Oh my gosh. We, we go with the really high highs and the really low lows. <laughs> yeah. So I am going to say that she knows when she gives you information. She will be aware of this, but she will give it because Landon had a good role and also she's just, a, well, she might be a good person. She seems like a good person. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, she's making the food and um, she turns over and she's like, uh, all right, uh, well, I, none of you are allergic to anther, are you? Can't say that I am. I don't think so. What is that? Cool. Then you'll be great. And she passes on over uh, three pieces of food. You've got a turkey leg. You have a, uh, a hot hound. And then you have an egg, a mysterious egg. <laughs> It is just an egg and it seems to chirp a little bit, but she's like, no, that's fine. That's how it works. Oh. So it's like fried over easy, but it is chirping. Wow. And there is, there's some glittering. They, they are all very shiny and glittery. So I think we need to donate this food for science. <laughs> <laughs> donate for science. I don't know what you're talking about. You all, 
y'all look very hungry. I just... You're right. You're right. I meant donate to my stomach because I'm the science person. Right? Right. Exactly. Well, we will be right back, I will say. Okay. Okay. And as we walk away, I whisper quietly, I really meant donate to someone else. Yeah. And then we observe them, right? Okay. Yes. For science. For science. Um, so are you leaving? I think we need to find a table in here. Yeah. Preferably with someone else who is also just getting their food. Okay. I kind of want to uh, get another one of those egg things and sit at the table with Don and see if we can do an egg shot and see how to fix Don. Good plan. <laughs> All right, and he is you know look at you he's like this is not in my job description, but I have not eaten in thirty hours, so yes. Don, you should eat. Yeah, I mean I know you can't drink in the job, but there's nothing about doing an egg shot. No, for science. Please do not refer to it as drinks, or I will have to wait another twelve hours. It's not a drink, see it's more of a semi-solid than anything. Semi-solids wait. And he counts down five, four, three, two, one. And then he takes it and he gulps it down. Are you drinking it too? Uh, I think given the nature of uh, not knowing how it might affect me, I will uh, I'll go ahead and drink it and then have the others not eat their food just to see how it affects me. OK, cool. Uh, how much of it do you drink? I'm going to do the entire egg just like in one go. OK, cool. So you see Ta. So everyone, uh, I want you to give me an intellect defense roll. Nice. All right. That's an 18. Cool. Um, Don is going to drink it and everyone's just going to see him kind of go Ugh, too fresh. Meanwhile, you're going to gulp it down. It tastes exquisite. It is perfect. It is is blessed. And then the sparkles, you feel them kind of almost dig in on your tongue and the sides of your mouth a little bit. And your vision goes kind of foggy and you're having a little bit of trouble remembering. Like, it's very good. You kind of want to order it again, but you forget how much it costs. You forget the name of it. Honestly, you forget the name of the restaurant, so you don't even know how to get there. And you're like, oh, wait, I'm in the restaurant. I know how to get there. So you seem to have trouble remembering the circumstances around this food. You know you want it again. You know it's really good, but everything else you seem to kind of be forgetting. Man, that whatever I just had was amazing. <laughs> Where am I? You had an egg, the one of those eggs, and it was good? It was great, but I don't really think I ate egg. Do you still... Uh, the remnants of the, the egg are still there, right? Yeah, the shell is still there. Do you see this shell, Mako? Yes. You ate the egg that was in this shell. Mako will pick it up and kind of look inside. Maybe I did, but I don't remember. I don't seem to taste egg in my mouth. Uh, and as you say that, you just see uh, from, from like off camera, just a couple more eggs slide into frame on a tray. Uh, and you see the the red haired woman with the baggy pants, the bartender. Uh, she's holding the pot from the table on her arm and she slid the other eggs there. And she says, I'm you know, I'm really glad to hear that you like it here. You can feel free to have some more. Everyone else, if you want to try it as well, that is kind of our specialty. Excuse me, uh, I didn't catch your name. Oh, um, well, uh, well, and she turns over to to Don uh, and it almost looks like she wants to lie, but Don can remember things. So she just sighs and she's like, yeah, uh, my name's Glorina. I run the place. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, uh, Glorina, uh, would you mind? Uh, could you have one of these eggs, please? Um, you know, we, we're not allowed to eat our own food. Um. Oh, not nonsense. If they're that amazing, surely you have to partake with your guest and I will hand her an egg. <laughs> and I'll hold another egg. Oh, she'll take an egg. 
And the customer is always right. You know, really, that's that's uh, that's not really our policy. And you just hear a whisper. I'm so sorry. Uh, she, you see her lean down to the pl- plant and say, I'm so sorry before lifting up saying, really, I can't. I'm sorry. I, I can't do it. And she just drops the, the egg into the potted plant. <laughs> OK, <laughs> what a waste of a good egg. So wait, she just apologized to the plant. No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. I I'm, I have had too many eggs. Oh, that was silly of me. <laughs> you know, it's getting pretty late. Maybe, maybe you know, I think we're going to shut down. So it's been great seeing you all. Don, a pleasure as always. Um, We're just going to, uh, to go. And as that happens, she turns around and I'm going to introduce a GM intrusion for her. But it's also bad for you. I want, who am I going to give it to? Who did not get a GM intrusion earlier? Who did, Acer, you didn't get a point, right? Acer, you will get the point and you will be the one punished for this. Who do you want to give uh, your other experience point to? Uh, let's give it to uh, Mako for his uh, enduring memory loss of taking one for the team. Okay, so as as she walks away, you hear a similar, like the Yelp you heard earlier, you see hear it out of the potted plant and you see what looks like a plant octopus head kind of emerge from it going, uh, uh, what's going on? My head's a little fuzzy. And uh, Glorina just turns over and she's like, Morin. <sighs> and um, she sets down the plant and she just uh, sets her hands on the table and she's like, I am, I'm really sorry about this. And with that, all of a sudden the pants burst open and you see eight plant octopus legs emerge from where the plants were and um four of them lift up and they hurl uh they hurl balls of like what look like cauliflower at each of you and i need you all to roll speed defense oh boy you have found the ploctopus or the plant octopus. <laughs> Dawn, we found her. I rolled a 20 again. I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> I got a 12. I got a 12. Okay. Uh, and Don, it does not matter. Don always fails. He's like Eeyore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Jessamy, you got a 20. What do you want, like, the kind of bonus effect to be as these cauliflower come spawning at each of you? I don't even know. <laughs> I want... I want Mako to come back to his senses. Yeah. So you dodge. Um, and as you do, you whip your hand back and you accidentally knock Mako in the face, which knocks his <laughs> senses back a little bit. That works. And right after that happened, both he and Corshin uh, are slammed in the head by these cauliflower, which bursts into uh, flowery glitter all over them. And you recognize suddenly, uh, and only you, uh, you recognize what comprises this glitter as anther, a type of pollen that causes memory loss. And with that, both Mako and Korshin, your brains just black out and you're like, oh, that's getting kind of laid out. I should probably go home. I cover my face. <laughs> you're fine. Okay. Yeah, you cover your face and you're fine. Uh, and Don's just standing there. It just hit him in the head and he's just standing there. Uh, but the other two, uh, yeah, yeah, it's getting late. You should probably go home. Don't even know why you're here. You should get to bed. Um, I look at Glorina. Yeah. What's she doing? Um, she's just sitting there. She's very like concerned that you dodged it. And you see that she is um a couple of the tentacle legs are reaching behind the bar and trying to grab some more stuff, it looks like. Okay, so can I try to like fake her out and be like, oh, 
yeah, it's time for us to go. Like, I want to try to act like I have now lost my memory. Can I try to do that? I'm going to say since you rolled a 20 and you recovering Mako's memories didn't really work because he lost them immediately afterwards. I will say that you can do this, (laughs) but I need you to play this out in full. I need I need this for me. (laughs) Okay, well, lucky for you, I'm a glass and a half of wine in, so this should be easy. (laughs) (laughs) I wow, that was fantastic. I think it is time for us to go. Dawn, you have really shown us a magnificent time. But we need to go. I um was supposed to bring you here to recover, to stop the Saracenians. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Uh, and Gloria pops in. Don, no, really, I think it is best if you go. Yes, Don, everything's fine. And I try to grab Don. <sighs> and he just sighs and he says... Oh, paperwork will get through in like a month, so fine. And he starts walking out with you three. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As soon as we get outside, I punch both Korshin and Mako in the head again. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it works. I don't, I don't want to mechanically punish them for this. (laughs) Um, I'm tempted to. But for the sake of time, I won't. Also, because this is our first session together and I don't want to get too mean (laughs) to yet. Uh, So as you leave, the door slams at the same time as you punch both of them in the face. So you can't tell which sound is causing what. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to say, yeah, your your memories are back. You got a good bonk on the head. Ah, ah. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, But you guys both got hit with some pollen and it made you forget everything. So, but you're back now. All right. Don, how you doing? Is that a genuine question or is that just uh, like making conversation question? Because honestly, I have a lot I could talk about. I want to get into that, but I don't think we can. (sighs) (laughs) He just sighs and he says, well, I would say it's the thought that counts, but honestly, I feel just as bad as I did before. That's fair. I wouldn't trust me either. Um, so I think we found the, the thing, the, the Sarah, the Sarah Octa things. Uh, were we supposed to do anything other than find it? You were supposed to find, and I forget the word. It was code word for neut- neutralize. That was it. You were supposed to find and neutralize the Saracenian, the Saracenians, specifically the Ploctopus, which was a dangerous weapon. All right. Well, I have an ar- I have this artifact weapon. What is it called? <laughs> Actually, it doesn't have a name. Uh, we took it. Uh, it's it's taken from a um, a cipher. Uh, fanatic, and uh, it is the equivalent of a rocket-propelled grenade launcher. Okay. And uh, I, I think it, it's time to um, reacquaint ourselves with this uh, lady who does not want to be remembered. So are you going to just open the door? Uh, it seems like a bad idea to open the door. Okay. Uh, so I will instead blow up the door. Hey, you said we could burn down the we could burn down this quarter of town. Okay, I mean, you could. Poor Glorina. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, you take the rocket launcher, you sh- describe how you blow up this door cuz you're blowing up the door. All right. So, for, first of all, we have to we have to um we have to leave uh, you know, we have to go beyond minimum safe distance. So, uh, you know, I'm just going to casually start walking walking the group farther away like across the street. <laughs> 
Uh, and then I'm going to say, all the while, you know, the rage is building. And I say, so, so Don, just for, just as a hypothetical, how many, you know, um, how many forms would I have to fill out for uh, the destruction of a commercial building? Surprisingly few. <laughs> really? Okay. Uh, so, you know, like, uh, I just have to show, like, good cause or something. And as, I, as I'm saying this, I'm, like, opening up, I've taken out my my pack and I've started assembling this um, this contraption. And basically, like, uh, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's somewhat more sophisticated than a rocket-propelled grenade launcher, which is essentially just a steel tube with a firing mechanism. <laughs> and so I'm just having this conversation with him as I'm, you know, uh, shouldering this weapon. Okay, uh, he's going to say, well, uh, the first thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to make a prayer to the Moonlight Dancer. Uh, then you have to get a nibble of, uh, you have to get the paperwork uh, signed with a little bit of blood. You just got to poke the scratch statue for that one. Uh, at that point, it's about three to eight weeks as you wait for Queen Armalu's approval. Uh, and then, honestly, generally, Vera just blows it up herself. All right, got to expedite that and I will fire. <laughs> this rocket shoots out and it, it, it spirals and it hits the door of the submergine. And the door explodes open and you hear some hissing, um, like some some hissing is like uh, the doors and kind of the plants around it shrink back a little bit. Oh, uh, and uh, FYI, uh, anything that cannot dodge takes uh, 8%. Anything that cannot dodge that is in immediate range of the impact point takes eight points of damage. That's enough to kill anything in that radius because they're all plants. <laughs> so uh, a lot of the potted plants are just on fire. Don't worry, they weren't alive in the way that Morin was alive, but they were still life, and you killed it. The fireball explodes, you see flecks of the door just fly past Don's unblinking face as, like, the lights just, like, shimmer back and forth, and he just stares there. This is what I want. He sighs, and you're now able to get in pretty easily. Uh, there's a little bit of smoke, so you can't see what happens till you get through the door, because that area of the game hasn't loaded yet. The highlight of this, like, whole thing, the whole trailer could just be Dawn reaction shots. <laughs> yes, this is, I want to imagine, like, Dawn in a halo of sparks and smoke and glittering plant pollen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Before we go back in there, we need to, like, cover our faces or something, because you two, and probably me. I was just thinking bandanas. Yeah, Bandanas, something, gas mask, I don't know. But you two were goners before. Yeah. You're welcome. I don't know if this will help and Mako will uh, activate his ice armor ability. Uh, describe how that works. And Korshin gets the benefit as well of this. But uh, basically Mako will kind of just uh, stand there and close his eyes real quickly. And then it's almost like uh, not to the extreme of kind of a... Uh, X-Men's Iceman, but Mako's all of a sudden kind of covered in like a layer of frost and it adds to his armor uh, extra if it's cold. And then at the same time, kind of slowly, I imagine from the foot going up or feet going up, uh, Corshin's kind of covered in the same kind of frost like chill. OK, yeah. And it's it adds plus one to armor and it makes it plus two or, uh, to plus two if it's cold. OK. Yeah, that works perfectly. Um, so you two are covered. All right. So are you going to cover your face? Yeah. So I like dig through my bag for a spare undershirt and wrap it around my head. That's all I have. I don't have anything. <laughs> OK, how how bad is this undershirt? Is it like the shirt that you you buy that you like never expect to wear? 
um, like while going out so it can be like covered with paint. Probably. I mean, I would assume that it's the Amberclave standard issued, so it maybe has seen a few other adventures. I like to I like to think it's more like a it's like an Amberclave like gym shirt because like when you join the Amberclave <laughs> you get access to like the Amberclave's gym. So we got two ice people and then someone who's just covered with a bandana and Don who is also there. Don, cover your face. <laughs> Honestly, I don't need to. This thing removes memories, but I haven't slept in a few days, so really life is just a walking fog for me anyways. I should be fine. <laughs> Um, once again, Don, I wish we could talk about this. Maybe someone will be able to talk with me about my issues one day. Have you like thought about going to HR? Maybe. Honestly, the horrendous rat king tends to just eat whoever talks to him about their problems. So I have not approached them yet. Uh. So that's fair. So you make your way in, I'm assuming? Yes. <laughs> yes. So you make your way in. Uh, it looks like the aftermath of an explosion. You hear like some screeching. Um, there's smoke billowing up. And uh, if you walk up the but Glorina and Morin are not there. And if you walk up the staircase, you can see up at the top. There's uh, some there's a couple of doorways. There's a cabinet to food at your left. There's some stuff to your right. And right in front of you, there is a steel door behind which you can hear some murmuring. Can I make out the murmuring to see if it is Glorino? Glorino? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me a roll. Uh, that's going to be a 10. Uh, yes, it is a lot of people and you can hear Gloriana trying to like shush them down a little bit, like shh, kind of comforting. And it's like murmuring almost like, you know, like maybe kids who are super nervous as someone's trying to like calm them down. Uh, I will look over to a uh, portion and Jessamine and just kind of word with my mouth. I think they're in here. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go ahead and roll intimidation. It's really funny. My character has two uh, axes of uh, a competence. One is uh, lying to people and, or getting them to do what I want. And one of them is uh, blowing things up. You are a tremendous hero. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what, what's the kind of intimidation are we trying to do and how are we trying to do it? You've seen how I open doors. Open that one or I'm opening it for you. Okay. Give me a roll to intimidate. With training and effort, that will be an 18. Yeah, the door cracks open. It is not open completely, but it does crack open, allowing you to enter. All right. Do you enter? Uh, yes. All right, you push open the door and you see your, your, my, your, your eyes and your minds are almost kind of overwhelmed for a second as you see this harsh blue light emanating from like in, in like rivers in this cavern wall that stretches out hundreds of feet in front of you. And on it, you see rows and rows of potted plants each of which has a different kind of creature in it. One looks like a potted scrat. One looks like a uh, like a potted anine. Uh, they all are different potted creatures. And as you open the door, they they're all looking like frightened and terrified at you. And they're all kind of shirking back in your set. They're uh, they're shirking back into their potted plants. And in the center of all of them. Illuminated by this light is Glorina, who's just kind of sitting over her own legs, and she has her hands kind of like in a, just close together. She says, so, I don't suppose we can talk. Mm -hmm.